Welcome to Inside the Wire, where we recognize only two branches of the U.S. military, the Army and the Navy, because the Air Force is a corporation and the Marine Corps is a cult. With me today, I've got Lobster, uh, myself, Sev, and our wonderful guest from the Marine Corps, Leprechaun. I'm a little Ron. outnumbered here. What? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just a little outnumbered here. Yeah, yeah, but you know the thing is, is you're safe because you signed our paychecks. Yeah, you know what? That's fair. And honestly, the last time I was around more than one marine, I got really drunk and ended up with a broken thumb. Oh, I remember that. That was fun. Yeah, see, at least for a better time than the navy, because whenever you hang out with people in the navy, you get shot in the foot. <laughs> now I'm reliving right, so, that uh, shit. What? <laughs> well, um, I'm not gonna let you live it down. I mean, we 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 told the story, or told that story, uh, on the last podcast, and I'm obligated at this point to make you relive it at least for the next month, so at least the next three episodes, including this one. All right. Yeah. So, uh, what do we want to what do we want to get into today? Um, a lot a lot of shit's been happening. Honestly, um, we've yeah got fourteen unique. Uh, unique listeners on episode one, which honestly I can't be too too displeased by, considering we're pretty much coming out of left field with this shit. Yeah, be a very diverse you know, listening group, you know. Yeah, we got some poor motherfucker listening to us from Kansas. Fort <laughs> <laughs> Riley, you poor son of a bitch. See, the funny thing is, is I didn't even know that that installation even existed. Really? Yeah, what do they do there? Uh, I believe it's a has a fucking. I think uh, it's the tank school armored regiment. I want to say no, that's Fort Knox. Like if I remember right, uh, Fort Riley had some engineers and um, I know it's, it has an infantry division. I forget which one. Uh, let me look. First infantry division. Is there a is there a 69th infantry division? I wish. I mean, that would make the army actually, you know. <laughs> Somewhat cool, but you know, they don't. That would be that would be awesome. I'm in one six nine. Be great, dude. You know, with a unit, I could possibly get in that. Well, you remember the uh, you remember the old jokes we used to make about the uh, the Marine MOS O three sixty nine combat porn star. Oh, oh see, I star. me and my buddies, we um we did uh, sixty nine sixty nine combat prostitute. <laughs> <laughs> the funny thing Not is much that 0369 really. is actually a legitimate MOS. I think it's like infantry, like it's squad leader, leader or something like yeah. that. So uh, it's it's like a it's a B MOS, I believe, or something. Yeah, to be staff NCO usually. Oh, uh, but I mean, they fucking let sergeants get it occasionally because, well, infantry you fucking never have all, all the NCOs. They, oh, they yeah, they're the infantry. <laughs> I'd, God, I hate to be an infantryman. Like, respect to those guys, you know, for doing what they do. And, you know, willing to hate themselves for four years. But I'm good. Yeah, see, it wouldn't have really made much difference because I hated myself for four years. So I could go oh, back. Yeah. I could go but back like, and, go and and probably not feel any different. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't, wouldn't want to do that, man. Yeah, I, I had a nice in the air wing a little bit. Because I didn't have to deal with nearly as much bullshit as Groundside usually has. Well, I mean, I was in the air wing too in my yeah. life. Like, hey, I'd... question: Did you ever see a first sergeant in the air wing? No, we only had mass sergeants. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, 
I saw one first sergeant ever when I was in uh, on Cherry Point. And uh, I call him Master Sergeant because I just never saw a first sergeant. And he yelled at me for like half an hour. I'm oh, sorry. Geez. Well, I mean, that does seem pretty accurate because they'll, you know, it's the, it's the correct pay grade. Yeah. I just see the uh, three rockers and I'm like, oh, Master Sergeant. Oh, it's not the same pay grade. I'm an idiot. Well, same as Matt. Yeah, it is. Is it? It's yeah. been a while. First Sergeant and Master Sergeant are both the eight. Damn, dog. It's been a while since yeah. I looked at, uh, looked at anything. And like, honestly, I haven't thought about it in like four years, five years. And yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, y'all, y'all <laughs> I mean, got no, it I'm... easy because Navy ranks are fucking confusing. Dude, I hated you guys' ranks. It's so It's so stupid. Like, oh, hey, we're going to have the same, you know, bars for officers, you know, same, like, look, insignias. Uh, we're not going to call them the same at all. Hated that so freaking much, dude. Second Lieutenant, you mean Ensign? I'm sorry, what? Ensign. Disney Good morning, sir. Dude, I'm a petty officer. God damn it. That happened to me as a seaman. <laughs> yeah, I did that too. When I was a boot, I I saluted a couple of uh, you know, fucking guys with my the same rank as me. I don't know. Yeah, and actually, uh, when I was going through a school, I was stationed at Point Loma, which is just right up the road from MCID, mm-hmm. and that's where I got sent to go to dental. <laughs> and oh, the Marines saw you and were like, Sir! "My POIC told me to wear my NSUs on that post." I was like. Why? He's like, trust me, it's going to be entertaining. It is. I bet it is. It's like, okay, so I throw my fucking peanut butters on that I hadn't worn since boot camp. Mm-hmm. So I get on post. I stop making my way to dental. A few DIs look at me, and they're like, oh, no. Oh, fuck. As I keep going yeah, on well, to dental. Sure I said, I'm, I'm sure they got on board with it because they probably knew exactly what the fuck you were doing. Yeah, but it was the DIs that weren't around any recruits right then. Oh. Yet, so, I go to dental, get everything done in there, everything's fine. On the way back, I see some poor shaved head miserable bastards marching towards me, like four of them, see me, and then they just clam the fuck up. <laughs> That's so mean. <laughs> that is fantastic. Wh- wh- while, they're, while they're all clammed up, the one, uh, the furthest front to the left, salutes me and screams, good afternoon, sir. Yeah, because the... We're we're taught when you're marching marching together, uh, the person on the far right has to salute. Well, no, all of them salute, but the fir- the one on the far right does uh, the greeting of the day. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not an officer, and, and they looked at me like that was a test. So they continued <laughs> going. I'm like, you? no, no, stop, stop. I'm not an officer. <laughs> I am enlisted. <laughs> I don't believe you, sir. So. I just humor this little asshole and just salute him so that way he and his three fuck buddies can get on moving. You should have just left him there. <laughs> looking back at it, I should have. <laughs> some some drill drill instructor is going to be like looking for their fucking recruits, and they're just going to find them still holding their salute on the middle of a fucking sidewalk. I remember, I remember one guy accidentally saluted when I was in the MCT. I saluted him and said, good morning, sir. And he just walked past me and said, I was a fucking retard. Yeah, that's about right. Yeah. You were out in the field, weren't you? Yeah. Well, no, no, I wasn't out in the field. He was a uh, corpsman. And this was on in the, I think, bi-dental on, uh, fuck, I forgot what the area is called. Uh, Camp Athlone? No. Oh, uh, Camp Geiger. 
Yeah, Kent Geiger. No, Geiger is East Coast, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, wait. Where are you? I'm West Coast. Yeah, yeah, it's West Coast. West Coast. Okay. Yeah, that's that's right. I I remember where you're from now. That would make sense. I uh, I was in MCT. We uh we were out on the. I think we were like shooting two or threes or some shit like that or like two forties or some some other bullshit. And uh, we were just we were out shooting something. I forget exactly what it was. I'm sitting there fucking talking to my buddy. And I feel someone come up, grab me by the fucking camelback and just yank me back like three feet. And I yell, will you just fuck off? Because I figured it was one of our other guys, like one of our other like MCT students. I turn around and I'm staring face first at Doc, you know, E fucking petty officer, first class, whatever the fuck his name. And I'm like, oh, shit. Sorry, Doc. And he walked away laughing. So I I guess (laughs) I guess he wasn't too upset about it. No, Doc oh, usually isn't. Speaking of fucking turning around and seeing the wrong person, um, I remember one time at MOS school, we had a, uh, we didn't know this person was coming, but uh, we were just at the chow hall, and like two people behind me was just like this really short girl in our class. Um, all of a sudden, she like had someone take their cover and bop her on the head, and she's like, turns around, and is like, ow, turns around. Looks at the name tape, says Barrett. Looks at the rank, oh, Sergeant shit. Major of the Marine Corps. Looks at the face, oh shit, it's the Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. And I'll, she just screams like, and we all turn around like, fuck. And how did that? How did the rest of that situation play out? I just laughed. He just told us to carry on. It was super funny. Oh, I'm I'm sure. Actually, like the the funny thing is, is I've heard that that dude was chill. I never got to meet. He him. is like we we even had some a uh, couple of my guys like walk. He had a huge entourage. I mean, obviously Sergeant Major Marine Corps, but like a huge entourage of like other Sergeant Majors, First Sergeants, and shit like that. Oh. And a couple of our guys, like most of us, were terrified to go over there and ask for a picture of a Sergeant Major of the Marine Corps. We had a couple guys do that, and he was like, "Yeah, sure, sure." And he he was actually a decent fellow. Like, despite all the hate, I've been talking to a uh, a guy recently um, in a uh, in a a different disc server. Um, I won't get into it because it's kind of a religious thing. He's uh, he's new in the Marine Corps. He's only been in the fleet for like two or three months, I think. Uh, So he's he's very new. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, he's a he's a he's a red patcher. Um, Oh, man. Yeah. Right. So cool guy I, I like this guy he's fucking he's hard charger fucking he reminds me of me when i was a pfc and hadn't completely lost my motivation yet but yeah no i've been talking to him and telling him like hey you know don't worry about you know like staff ncos and officers like if you just give them the respect due to their station like you're never really gonna have any problems and if they come up and start talking to you or whatnot chill out they're just another person most of the time, these people are really chill. The only time that you really get like freaked out on, uh, unless you like actually fuck something up, is when their ego is at stake or if they're fucking, if they yeah. feel like they need to swing their dick around a little bit. But like, percent of the time, you're not going to have any problems. I found a lot of most people are on average pretty chill. Uh, you can usually tell who the guys are who just demand constant respect and just like, you know, take it way too fucking seriously all the goddamn time. Well, those are the people that don't get it earned, right? Because you, you yeah. don't depend respect, you earn it. Yeah. So I remember, same way I remember in the Navy. I, yeah. I remember when I um when I picked up Corporal, like, I don't know. I just never 
really cared about the proper greeting of the day. People calling me corporal all the time. I mean, like, you know, around like higher ranking people than me, uh, usually I would tell everyone else, like, hey, dude, make sure you say this. Otherwise, I'm getting yelled at. But yeah, most of the time, I didn't give a fuck. Like, oh, yeah. Poor people, dude. It was the exact same way. If I was the only one in the shop, like in the morning or like whenever, um, yeah, I would just be the, tell them, just say, what's up, man? I don't really give a shit, to be honest. Yeah. yeah it kind of sounds much. like me at Fort Benning when I got out of the Navy and tried to go into the National Guard. I kept my pay grade, oh, yeah. so I went to basic training as a brand new soldier, as a sergeant. Which, hilarious. What? I thought you guys have to do the, um, oh, what's it called? The, not Advanced Warrior. It's like... AIT? Something, no, like because there's, there's a transition program for guys coming from other branches to the Army. I forget what it's called. It's like something warrior. I think that would have been the case if I was still active duty transitioning into the Army. Well, no, because I, I don't know. Whatever. But I, don't I remember know. But anyway, a couple of buddies of mine. Yeah. Anyway, I went in with the prior service status. So at the airport, waiting for the drill sergeants to come and get us. Comes in, asked who's prior service. About four of us raise our hand. He's like, okay, come here. And of course, to us, because we already went through the initial bullshit, they're like, all right, so I'm going to have you guys help me round these dickheads up and make sure when you get on the bus, you sit in the front of it. Like, three rows in front of everybody else. So that way, when you get there, they know who's who's who. And it's like, all right. We're on the bus. It's a long-ass drive from Atlanta to Fort Benning. Get there at about midnight. You know how the um, traditional case of it's the drill sergeant usually gets on the bus and starts screaming? Yep. Yeah. Well, this guy hopped up on the bus, looked at the four of us. He's like, you the prior service guys? We're like, yep. He's like, all right. Uh, your stuff's already been placed outside. Go grab it and... Stand on to the side. The second that we depart, he goes off on the rest of the on the rest of the new recruits, and I'm like, I love this. <laughs> oh, dude, I bet you you know the guys that were sitting in there that weren't prior service were probably like, oh my god, we got a really chill drill sergeant, and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> the reason why I'm bringing that up is because um, while I was actually in my platoon, I was to be treated. And respected like an NCO, even though I had had none of the training, and I'm learning this shit with the new guys. So yeah, they're supposed to stand in front of me at parade rest to talk to me, and it just felt really fucking weird. So whenever the drill sergeants was around, I was like, "Look, guys, you don't you don't have to do that shit because yeah. I'm learning this just like you." Yeah, I get that. Like, I don't know. Like, my problem with like how a lot of people in the military treat each other is. I don't know, like, we all signed up to, you know, do this. We all volunteered. Like, no one, almost, at least almost no one is being forced to be there. Um, can't speak for the guys who, you know, have that option of either go to jail. I'm sure it never happens to anyone, really. But, um, yeah, we're all, we're just volunteers, dude. We're civil servants. And I don't get the whole point of treating each other like shit. That's no, because there's a lot of people that, like, peaked in high school and just never moved on from there. Yeah, it's a bit of that, but also just people who just, like, have power over other people and just, I don't know, can't see past that. And unfortunately, those are the people that make it 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Just by, those like, the people... other other motherfuckers, just, you know, the... Well, the those are the people fucking... also in charge of, well, the military in general. You have a lot of those officers. I mean, shit. Uh, we're going to talk about Afghanistan at all? I mean, hell, we can. Yeah, like... I fuck. Did you guys see that video of uh, that lieutenant colonel who 
what fucking spoke out. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. that I did not. It was fucking. That was. I think I saw it because you Probably. shared it. Like it's on. Yeah, um, lobster fucking. It's uh, active duty lieutenant colonel uh, in charge of what was it AIT uh, East or some shit like um, advanced infantry training school, and he in uniform was basically talking shit about our like you know higher chain of command about the commandant about the secretary of defense. Yeah, fucking next day got relieved of command. Shocker, but still, it's like shit, dude. Oh, shit, he was, got relieved. Yeah, dude, he got relieved. Maybe oh, 24 hours God. later. But yeah, like, if we have an active duty lieutenant colonel, a guy, guy even said in his video that, like, you know, like, I don't even have 20 years left. I don't, like, 20 years in. And he, you know, he was risking his retirement. Here, 17 years he was in. Just to, you know, say what needs to be said. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, Captain Crozer during the whole corona yeah. thing. Yeah. Didn't he but, get reinstated, though? Yeah, after I've... so much backlash. Well, that's because yeah. the, the uh, fucking uh, Secretary of Defense got fucking lambasted for it by, like, literally everybody in the military. Yeah. Yeah, and that and that, uh, I, don't, I, I don't know if it was a CS or a boatswain mate. It, it, it was one of the junior sailors, but when the uh, SecDef at the time came on board and started shit-talking about Captain Crozer shortly after he left, somebody sat there and recorded it and then released it. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that. I think I remember seeing that too. I'd have to go back and, and watch the video again though. It's just insane though how shitty this entire situation is. Yeah. And we have active duty officers higher ranking out. I've never seen that ever of like them just sitting down and talking. Like, cause he, like at least with uh, Captain Crozer, was it Captain or Admiral? I think he's a vice. Wasn't he a captain? Uh, captain Crozer, yeah. Yeah. Well, this was him. He, like, he wrote a letter, but. um... I don't know. This this was something else. Like you watch that video, and the whole time you just see him like visibly getting angry. It's insane to me. And then like with us leaving Bagram, like they left Bagram knowing that this shit was gonna go down before you know Taliban were actually getting serious momentum. They just left it for whatever reason. Like it just makes me so freaking angry. The know what happened and how it cost u.s lives in the end yeah and i read an article that was uh written by one of the uh afghan i don't know if he was afghan national army or the afghan air force but he wrote a letter saying how it wasn't the fact that the u.s pulled out that was the demoralizing factor it was the fact that we did it practically overnight and didn't do anything to help them address their like corrupt senior leadership issue yep like well, that. a lot of them were former Taliban as well, or you know, with Taliban. Well, let's let's be real about that though for a second. Um, we were there for like 18, 20 years, something 20 years. like. Well, we started building them up since two thousand like five or six, whatever. So we've been training for fifteen years. Yeah, I mean, we've done so much work for them to be able to to be able to stand up on their own and. <laughs> They had they had a they had a force of like three hundred thousand troops, right? Yep. Taliban had an estimated number of like I think eighty three thousand. Yeah, I heard like seventy to eighty thousand. Yeah. So like at no point, especially with the them and the vehicles and and the weapons, 
uh, that we left behind for uh, for the Afghan National or Security Forces or whatever the fuck they're called, the Afghan National Army and Afghan Security Forces. Should they have, you know, had any lack of stuff to be able to 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 do battle with these guys, and they just dropped it off and dropped it all off and fucking ran for the hills? Yeah, I mean, shit like equipment too. Um, I have a buddy. You guys probably know him. Um, but he was a contractor in Afghanistan, and he left there in May. Yeah, he left May, and uh, he told me like, because he was one of their ammo technicians. Like he he knew exactly what was on Bagram, and because he signed off on most of it, and he told like sat down and told me like all what's there. It's like fuck, dude. They yeah. have so much stuff. The the Taliban now has uh, like three hundred thousand guns, something like that. Uh, I think it was like six hundred thousand. Oh Jesus Christ! Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's that's not just like M4s and them like shitty M16s and shit. That's you know they've got two forty nines, two forties, fifty cal's. They've got you know anti tank stuff. Did, did uh, we yeah. sell? Did we sell them Mach nineteens? Uh, Probably. Hope I hope not. That's uh that's the last thing that we need. But you know, yeah. then this whole shit goes down at, at the Kabul airport and now you know, we have you know all these service members that just got fucking killed uh trying to uh you know get the get the last of the civilians out. And um there was a there was a thing that the, the commandant put out uh about it and I already shared it with you, Lobster, and shared my feelings on it. Um it didn't seem sincere to me at all. It just seemed like we got to put something out. So we're going to, you know, do this cookie cutter fucking thoughts and prayers bullshit instead of actually going to do anything about it. Yeah. The last time I looked making an attack on American forces was retaliated against, you know, like we would fucking go do something about it. Well, they did where like they apparently within 24 hours found the planner and the bomb maker and uh hit him with a drone strike but it's like really dude can't have the two battalions of marines and the one battalion of u.s soldiers push out and actually like pull you know have a bigger parameter into the city like i don't know personally me i'd say fuck it take the city yeah no i i was never in afghanistan i sat comfortably in the persian gulf yeah so i don't really have a dog in this fight like I, I never got a combat deployment either. Like that's just the aggressive marine in me just saying, "Fuck it, take ten of theirs for every one of ours." Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, no, I get it. I was in Hawaii for the fucking duration of my enlistment. I got, I was so fucking mad when I got sent there because as soon as I got my orders and saw fucking Hawaii on there, I was like, "Well, that's it. I'm never going to Afghanistan." Yeah, well, that and like. I don't know why so many guys like Hawaii. I think Hawaii is a great place. I would not want to go to Hawaii. It's fucking expensive to be out there, man. I tell you. Oh, that and it's like, eh, like it'd probably be cool for a first few months. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like the worst case of cabin fever ever. I mean, there's yeah. plenty of shit to do, but like, at the end of the day, you're like laying in bed, like, oh, I got to do all this cool shit, but uh, I'm on an island, twenty five thousand or two thousand five hundred miles away from. You know the the west coast of the continental United States, so it's like yeah. I can't just like get in my car and drive home or anything. I gotta spend nine hundred bucks on a fucking ticket. Doesn't get reimbursed either. Nope. Yep. 
At least you know it how, wasn't you know, Okinawa where you're stuck on base the whole time because somebody fucked it up for everybody I, else. Yeah. Like, same time, though, like, I'd rather be on Oki. At least when you do get Lobo, it'd be actually genuinely fun. I know a guy but, that was in Oki, uh, and him and his buddies snuck out, snuck off base, <laughs> and uh, fucking got fucking torn up, right? And they found they found him passed out in the motor pool the next morning. Very nice. So uh, yeah, he definitely got NJP'd for that. Yeah. I have a buddy who was over in Iwakuni. That's the place to be. They have actually a lot less restrictions, too. Yeah, it's funny because the, the only other person uh, that I know in the Marine Corps that was at Iwakuni was the fucking Staff Sergeant Barracks Manager uh, that I had in Pensacola. And that dude was a fucking asshole. He was just yeah. a straight-up dickhead. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spare the name on that one uh, just because I don't know, like, I don't know where he's at. Yeah. Not that I'm afraid of that dude because he's, uh, I'm, I'm not a tall person and he's shorter than I am. <laughs> yeah, dude. Freaking, speaking of Marine bases, um, they're opening up a new one over in Guam. Are they really? Mm-hmm. Because we're slowly transferring because sooner or later we're going to stop at base on Okinawa. Because sooner or later our lease is going to be up, even if we're like, we're still going to be transitioning over to Guam. Uh, I know right now there's a Marine battalion because Corps has been restructuring um, whole battalions and regiments. They're, they're making one new regiment. It's like Littorial Combat Regiment or some shit like that. Literal, whatever. Um, and the whole purpose of it is kind of dealing with this new way of fighting warfare that people are coming up with, uh, with drones and uh, for the Marine Corps, especially uh, anti-ship warfare. That's a new MOS as well. Uh, fucking guys with uh, land-based anti-ship missile batteries. Ah, so we're gearing up for uh, some potential bullshit with China. Oh, we haven't for like years now. Well, I just I had like this war games discussion with Lobster, uh, I think like two or three days ago, where we were talking about you know what happens when World War Three breaks out because I don't think it's too far in the future, to be honest. I mean, it's always potentially not too far in the future, but like if say if we were is just China, not Russia, not like you know any other country, just China, it would. Honestly, for the first like six months or so, it would be super high tech and super devastating. Then after that, start uh, falling back on lower tech shit because building higher weapons takes time and a lot of money. So that's one reason why we keep such a huge reserve of like um, like Cold War era stuff. We still have a lot of our Cold War era stock uh, piles, and uh, because it's just going to be harder to maintain that higher tech shit. And so we're going to see, like, a lot lower tech shit as we go along in the war. And, like, the higher tech shit is going to be used very sparingly. Yeah, I was telling Seb that it probably wouldn't be a terrible idea to just, like, start, like, completely reestablishing the B-52. Not, like, retrofit the aging ones that we have, but build new ones. Yeah. Yeah, we were well, talking about sending them on an arc light mission with, like, six or seven MOABs. <laughs> could, you, could you imagine just, like, seeing three B-52s flying over and you just see them drop seven bombs and you're like, well, shit. Well, 
B fifty twos can't even carry the Moab as a thing. Can they not? No, only C one thirties. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah, the Moab is fucking big, dude. Uh, yeah, they had to FSN, push it, it out the back. Yeah. yeah. I know that the the overall like the weight of that thing is like twenty thousand pounds. Yeah, 18, eight, like almost nine of which is just straight TNT. Pretty much. Um, and I held the Russians made one even bigger back in two like two or three years after the Moab was uh, announced to the public. Uh, they called the Foab, which is hilarious. <laughs> Whatever, dude. Come on. It, Here's the thing: we only have like 19 more Moabs in stock. We didn't make any more. I thought they all expired. Uh, so you, no, you can keep bombs in stockpile for a long ass time. Um, they're not like canned food. Um, yeah, but isn't it a yeah, fuel air have, bomb? No, the Moab isn't. The uh, the Foab is because the Russians love their fuel air bombs. But um, the Moab is actually just a gigantic fucking um. I like a daisy cutter. Okay. And uh, yeah, we only have like 19 more of those, which we would not probably use too often in actual combat. Like when we used it against the uh, ISIS in Afghanistan, uh, that was more just sending a message. And uh, like most of the time, we're going to be seeing like standoff munitions versus just direct ordnance. Well, when we dropped that thing uh, on that mountain, uh, Oh no, the God. we dropped Moab on the mountain. It pretty much deleted the side of the mountain. Oh yeah, that's great. I fucking wish I got to see like a video. Actually, is there a video of that? Uh, there, there, there is, is a video of it somewhere. I'd have to go find it. Um, but like, just imagine, imagine the shockwave from that. Oh yeah, dude. Oh, like, yeah, there's a video for uh, when Russia tested the. I think it was the Sarbamba. They said that oh, the, yeah. the shockwave went around the Earth like. Several fucking times. I forget the exact number, but you know they could register it going around the Earth. Uh, I think it was. It, it ha- I think it was more than six times. Which, like, if you think about how fucking powerful a bomb has to be to send a shockwave around the Earth once, uh, let alone you know multiple fucking times. Like, holy God, that's got to be you know an insanely. Oh, yeah. bomb. You like, get... I don't want to be anywhere fucking near that shit. Well. The you, I remember reading this somewhere recently again because I I love that bomb. It's so fucking cool, but yeah, terrifying. Um, the, the people were able to get third degree burns up a hundred kilometers away. Oh my Holy god, fuck. Yeah, I mean they they tested it out. Fucking, I forget what the island is. It's like if you look at the map of Russia, there's like like one island to the north is like kind of long, um, vertically. I forget what it's called, but um, yeah, they tested it out there when they did it. And how far away from like civilized population is that? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, at least two to three hundred kilometers, probably. You know, they probably killed somebody with that. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised the pilots didn't. Yeah, die. just some poor Soviet that's out in the woods with his uh with his mosin trying to bag pilots? an elk. Can you imagine yeah, being the like, pilots, though, being told, like, so you're going to drop this bomb, will it kill us? <laughs> That's basically Soviet battle strategy right there. Okay, go do this. Are we going to die? Probably. Maybe. Does it matter? I guess not. Uh, here, you have the you have the rifle, you have the ammunition. If he dies, you pick up the rifle. If, you, if he dies, you pick up the ammunition. Yeah, dude. 
Uh, did you guys actually see the video that uh, Russia released like a couple years ago? No. Yeah, they actually released because there used to be no footage at all of it until a couple years ago when Russia actually released footage. And uh, yeah, it's a big bomb. I wonder what has to happen for them to decide, like, yeah, we can release this now. Like, like how much red tape? Because, you know, especially for military expense, they're going to record that shit. So, like... Well, usually, like, when they release, um, like, highly classified stuff, it's usually after everyone who's associated with it is dead. Yeah, that makes sense. That's Like, at least in America. I don't know how Russians would do it, but, like, usually in America, like, uh, when... And with the JFK files, it got released after everyone who was associated with it died. Yeah, although in Russia's case, it's probably like somebody going through the archives, like pulling it up. It's like, what's this? Playing it. Oh, that's fucking cool. Cool. Put that on the internet. Yeah. I saw this. Uh, I saw this video on TikTok the other day, uh, where it was like uh, Americans meeting Russians in Afghanistan, and. Uh, it was they showed the 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 video of them doing that fucking sketchy shit with the convoy where they like blew past them and then like tried knocking them off the road and shit. Uh, but then there was like other pictures of them like here, uh, here, let me just now uh, give you some of these trolley fucking sour gummy worms and shit like that. It was like, man, that's like you know none of, none of these people really really want to be here. But at the same time, it's like you all kind of like stuck in the same shitty situation, so might as well make most of it. Yeah, there was a lot of comments of like you know uh, it. If Russia and the United States ever teamed up again, it would be, uh, you know, the best, you know, best military alliance in the 21st century. And oh yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Like, oh yeah. Well, you, the I mean, Russia's not even close to what it was during the Cold War anymore. Like, people, a lot of people overestimate. I think what the Russians are actually capable of, because a lot of American media wants you to be afraid of Russia, just how it was in the Cold War. Russians more of it see as we're all against them because you got to think of them from their perspective is that they are one country versus like every other country in the world almost. And uh, like, I'm not, I'm not trying to be like, you know, hey, good, Russia's a bunch of good guys, you know, like they're just another country. They have fears just as best, but like they also just don't have the capability anymore to like conduct uh, warfare more than like, I think it was like 500 to 1,000 kilometers away from any of their borders. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense too because they had the that whole thing going with uh with the uh, Ukraine and Crimea and all that. And that's like right next door to them. Yeah, like they they're able to put as much as they want there because they're right there. But like their airlift capacity, like last I looked, that was back in 2018 though, but like last I looked, they only have like 50 or so heavy lift aircraft. Like that's nothing when you think of logistical capability, which is always funny to me when you like like you know, like back to Call of Duty, uh, Modern Warfare Two. We know like Russians are invading America. It's like that's not possible. No, no, it's not because nobody except the United States has the capability to fight sustained conflicts across yeah. the ocean. Well, because we put so much money and effort into building expedi- our expeditionary force and bases across the world to maintain those uh, expeditionary forces. Literally, only America has the capability to. Like China, while they have a, the biggest navy now, as of like last year, um, it's only like a I forget what it's called. Like, because you guys use blue water and black water, right? The Skype ships. What do you mean? I think it's blue water well, and brown water. Yeah, well, like so, like one blue water is um, I think 
uh like coastal uh no uh no, no you're right blue water and black water blue water is coastal black water is like open ocean yeah so like blue they have more blue water naval capability than black water because they're not they're not meant to go that far from china because the whole point of the chinese navy mostly to act as like the first uh line of defense really yeah and their submarine capabilities are atrocious yeah it's oh, funny garbage. you say that and i think it was it was rimpac uh either 2014 or 2016 where china snuck a sub into the exercise and we were talking about that quite a bit when when i was in hawaii oh, oh yeah no that, that was talked about all the time in sonar school well apparently not uh snuck in because we found them apparently well, no, they, they snuck in. We just didn't find them until after they'd snuck in. Uh, yeah, that's about right. Which, I mean, if you're not looking for them, like, what, what's the, what was the, uh, what was the scuttlebutt on that in, in sonar school then? Incompetence. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nobody was taking the job seriously. Probably not. It, 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 it like, wasn't like any, lives. like, magical capability of the Chinese Navy somehow getting a super quiet sub. It was nobody was paying the fuck attention. Yeah, I mean, like, you look at a lot of military exercises and we're just like, oh, let's just get the checkboxes done, you know? That's a lot of lower enlisted think. And it it sucks that we are in that mindset now because we haven't had a conventional war in so long that we just, like, you know, we've grown so lax when it comes to conventional warfare. Yeah, but then again, at the, at the same time, like, if we ever did get into another conventional conflict, I'd like I'm, I'm still very, very confident oh, that we I am too. Just absolutely fucking destroy anybody. I mean, yeah, we are still probably the best in the world when it comes to conventional warfare. We're undefeated uh, when it comes to that. And people will say, "Oh, we lost Vietnam." Like, eh, it wasn't a military defeat though. We won almost every single engagement in Vietnam. It was just political. You know, people are saying the same thing about Afghanistan now, which is like, you do realize the true. military had. Like these ROE handcuffs on the entire time. Like, and even so, then, we won almost every engagement. Yeah. And, you know, people will talk about, like, if you look at the first, you know, few months of our campaign in Afghanistan, there were no restrictions in place. And we oh, would destroy them, you know, burn a hole through the fucking, through the, through the area that we were at. Yeah. It was just, when it comes to conventional warfare, I mean, yeah, you look at Gulf War. Gulf War was the last time we had a true, like, yeah, 2003 when we invaded Iraq again, but, like, it wasn't the same because by 2003, Iraqi army was still pretty much in tatters. Um, but, like, Gulf War? Holy shit, dude. The Iraqi army was known, like, as, like, I think the third or fourth largest army in the world at that time, and they had just got done with, like, a 10-year war with Iran. Like, to us, they were a very competent army who were actually to be feared. And then we just found out, like, oh, we had more casualties from friendly fire than, you know, from red on blue. And probably part of that is because, you know, they'd been fighting Iran, right? Like, not exactly, like, the, the cream of the crop as far as no. you know, world militaries go. And then the Americans show up knocking at their door, and they're like, oh, shit. Oh, oh shit. Well, <laughs> To us, though, like, we, yeah, we, like, probably thought the Iranian army and Iraqi army wasn't, like, you know, the best. But, like, battle-hardened motherfuckers are still battle-hardened motherfuckers. You know, well, never yeah. underestimate them. But, yeah, like, we didn't expect to steamroll them, I think, as much as um, we did. We were expecting a lot of casualties in the initial um, stages of Desert Storm. 
I think the only real questionable thing out of that entire engagement was what the fuck was up with the chocolate chips? Dude, screw you. That's a beautiful camel pattern. It is. Yeah, a it's a beautiful camel pattern, yes, it. but not for a rock. No, but it's really cool. I, I don't know. Like, favorite patterns, although I don't really know like where it really would be effective at anymore. I don't know. Like I, I don't even know the history of it. I just know it's a really cool looking pattern, and the aesthetic of the go for was like one of my favorites of all time. Yeah, we had like the uh, the chocolate chip BDUs with like the well, woodland. Like this, <laughs> this weird like cold like late Cold War era aesthetic mixed with like just before we hit our modern time aesthetic. You know, one of my one of my favorite. Uh, but now it's like it's way outdated and you know retro shit. Um, but one of my favorite camo patterns is the uh, woodland tiger. Oh yeah, that was great. Yeah, I think that one looks really cool. Yeah, it's, I like the apparently German not got Flectern. a lot of fans though. Yeah, uh, German flecktarn is probably my favorite. That thing looks cool. Yeah, oh for, yeah, yeah, yeah. For uh, for my area, uh, German flecktarn and um, Irish DPM are the best patterns. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I wonder. Uh, I wonder when we're going to get to the point where we actually, you know, develop a universal camouflage like that. Because, you know, like the the Marine Corps has MARPAT. Yeah. The Army's got OCP or UCP or whatever the fuck they're using now because they've changed it like six times in the last 10 years. Uh, the, the Navy's still got their uh, their blueberries, which nope, like... not anymore. Nope. Oh, no, they switched to that green shit, didn't they? Yep, they switched the to the guacamole. That, yeah. that's, that's what we call it the guacamole <laughs> yeah see i mean actually I, I actually think that looks pretty cool like i can't hate on that too much i mean it just looks like my pad just a slightly it's, different it's, color it's not practical like i stand in front of a tree i stick out like a saw thumb I mean, you want to piss off marines though you just call uh you just tell them like marpats just cadpat they'll piss off so many marines I, I mean the only difference between the two is that cadpat is just you know daca colors yeah, well, Cadback came first is the thing. Do they, uh, do they have a winter uh, winter Marpat? I've never yeah, seen it. I've actually worn it. Uh, not the camis, but uh, we had this, like, parka uh, that we like that we put over our uniform. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Finland's got probably the best winter camouflage out There's, there. Yeah, there is a winter Marpat. Uh, I have seen camis for them, but, like, they're rarely ever given out. I mean, why? And then, <laughs> well, because Marine Corps actually does um quite a bit of stuff like when I, I went to norway uh back in 2016 and to do i forgot what the operation was called but to do training with nato out there and uh that's where i got the winter parker thing and i saw some winter marpat did you and, uh, uh, get to keep it no we they we got out sif and so uh yeah that was fun honestly i kind of wish i could go back and do that again and yeah, I, I'm looking at I'm I'm looking at a picture of the winter map hat right now. It 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 looks identical to the Finnish M05. There's probably there's also, a reason. But yeah, there's also uh, urban map hat as well, which is really weird because uh, it's just gray. Oh, so it looks like old army, whatever the fuck. Those UCP ACU. No, I'm kinda uh, the UCP. Yeah, I mean kinda a little bit. But it uses like instead of like the grandma's couch colors, it's more like like some black, gray, like light gray, darker gray, and then like brown on it, if I remember right. Yeah, I'm looking at that too. It's like black, like UCP gray. Well, almost looks like a white or like a sand, and then like brown, like yeah. 
it 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 looks like a collapsed building. That that's the best way I can explain it. Fair yeah. enough. And, and I guess that's probably what it's supposed to supposed to look like. Yeah, pretty much. But like, we'll never, uh, as you're saying with like the universal camera, we're probably never going to see that. Like between the fact that like you know we have we fight in so many different environments, and it's not one camo tried doing with the UCP where the universal camouflage could fit, you know, blend in anywhere, but it doesn't. It doesn't blend in anywhere except like a certain rock. Now, I don't even want to get into what the Air Force wears because they just wear fucking safety belts over it anyway, so. Yeah, it was like, it's the color of the sky. Why? Because, like, I can't believe they ruined Tiger Bat. I know. Like, that's such a cool uniform and somehow, somehow the Air Force fucking ruined it. Yeah, what are, what's the Space Force wearing? Uh, they're wearing uh, the what the Army and Air Force are wearing now. Uh, just fucking... Uh, I don't know what they use for the name tips. Because the difference between the Army's and uh, Air Force's like, uh, uh, uniforms is like the name tapes. Like, the Air Force's has like a goldish uh, name tapes, I think. The Army just has the regular black ones, whatever. Uh, I'm pretty sure they're the Space Force. I... I I haven't met anyone from the Space Force. There's only like 20,000 people in the Space Force right now. I think what happened was anybody in the uh, U.S. Air Force Space Command just got axed and moved to the new branch. Probably. Can you imagine that, though? I wouldn't mind that. I just want to know if going to have six Marines. Uh, never. Dude, they, the moment they called it, you know, Space Force and these Air Force ranks, I'm like, we're not going to get Space Marines. This is bullshit. No, and it makes no sense, because if you're dealing with space, I... every... Like, the the vehicle that you pilot in space is called a ship. Yeah. And what do we put on ships? Well, like, the official designations they use for space, uh, for aircraft in the space is, well, spacecraft. That's, I think, their mindset behind it. Still stupid. I feel, like, ships. I feel like we should still have Marines in space. Yes. Doing what? Like, with a net picking up space debris? I mean, I mean fuck. or standards, yeah. Be cooler than you know picking up cigarette buds. No, this should probably gonna be doing that. But like at least in like maybe the next hundred years when Elon colonizes Mars, that might become a new duty station. Possibly. <laughs> I'm getting stationed on Mars. I'll see you again in I'll see you again in like twenty years. Maybe it's probably it's not like actually. You do your entire contract up there, it's just no ifs, ands, or buts. There's no getting out, even if you want to. Oh no. I don't know. For me, I would do that because it's like I'd be one of the first people in history, you know. Oh yeah, no, no. I would, I would love to go to Mars. But like, say after they told me like years of that shit, it'd be like, do I have to? I remember when people were shitting on Elon for saying that it's like the first people that that he sends to Mars are probably gonna die. It's like, no, he he's he's being honest. They they more than likely are. They're probably gonna die on Mars because you know there's no coming back. Like you could try to give back, but it costs too much. Like basically, once you're there, you're there with our level of technology. Yeah, but at the same time, like the level of technology that they tell us about is already obsolete. Like they've yeah. already got new shit in development, or like that they're testing that in some underground fucking bunker that some weird UFO conspiracy theorist is probably correct about, right? Yeah. Which, yeah, speaking of fucking UFOs, uh, you ever see that video of the F-18s following UFOs? Yeah. Yeah, there's also one, I remember, I don't remember where I saw it was at, but it was apparently in Afghanistan. There was four um, objects just floating in the sky, and you can see what I think is an AIM-9 Sidewinder hit it, 
and there's nothing. Like, fuck. Probably some aliens on a field trip. And this is what you call the United States making a humongous mistake. <laughs> <laughs> They're probably like, like, oh, those guys. It's like, you know, just like a bird trying to fuck with you. Fuck off. Earth is like space ghetto. Like, when aliens drive past Earth, they lock their windows and doors. <laughs> <laughs> those guys breathe oxygen. That's just flammable. We recreationally use poisons. <laughs> <laughs> We've casually tamed the most, you know, lethal species on the planet and then made them our best friends. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny uh, in kind of like a, a weird, like, galactic, I guess, sense that people ask why why they haven't, like, made contact with us if we know they're there. And it's because we're too busy fighting each other. If, like, yeah, if they wanted to, like, come and invade the, the Earth, like, all they'd have to do is just, like, Hey, we're gonna we're gonna support this one country, and then everyone else is gonna be like, "Well, what the fuck?" Yeah, yeah, that or they leave us alone because it's like there would never be a better unifying force than you know fucking aliens, and they probably want us to keep fighting each other on this rock instead of you know fighting them out there. There's a there's a subreddit that I that I like to go read through uh, called Humanity Fuck Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you've ever ever been there, but it's just like a collection of uh, like user written stories talking about humanity and its place in the universe. And, you know, a lot of times it's like glorifying humanity saying like, you know, if you want to go to this dangerous place, take a human because they're fiercely loyal and they'll, you know, fight to the death, that kind of shit. <laughs> I've never, I've never been on that subreddit, but I think I have seen like a few posts on Facebook of screen caps from it. Yeah, probably. It's a, it's a good one. Actually. I, I, I really enjoy reading through that one. Um, and then there's a, uh, a dude, I forget his name. I'd have to go back into my TikTok favorites and uh, and look at it. Uh, but he's playing the uh, the the role of like a, an alien general or an advisor to a general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that guy. Yeah, uh, and he, he's like out there talking about bears and tornadoes and shit like that. Like we have no idea how to deal with any of this. These people poison themselves for fun. But, uh... Yeah, humanity's best trait, and it's probably the first one we've ever mastered, and that's warfare. Yeah, I specifically mean, asymmetrical warfare. Yeah, fucking speaking asymmetrical warfare. Fucking, you ever hear about the? Um, there's a German general in World War One who was basically fighting guerrilla warfare against the British uh, and the Africa, and uh, he he harassed them for all four years of the war about resupply at all from Greater Empire. No shit. I never heard about that. I'm going to go look yeah, that up. That guy was a fucking badass. You don't hear about him because, well, he was German. So, German bad guy in World War One, apparently. That, though... nobody ever talks about what happened in Africa during World War One because everybody that fought in that war had colonies down there. Yeah, well, like, the most you're going to hear about near that area is Lawrence of Arabia. That man was a badass in his own right. I mean, yeah. That guy was great. You, you hear a lot more about Africa during... Uh, like the World War Two era, because that that whole like African theater with like, oh yeah, Rommel. Rommel and, uh, I believe it was Patton that was down there. Uh, Patton was down there, but like it was at first like um, Montgomery versus Rommel at the Battle of Trafalgar, not Trafalgar. That's that's not the same war at all. Um, oh god, it's gonna bug me now. The Tripoli? No, that's the Marine Corps. Fucking. Um, I forget what the battle is called, but yeah, it was Rommel versus Montgomery there. And then when the United States came down there in 1942, uh, it was uh, Patton and 
uh, I think oh, who's the other guy? Bradley, who were down there. And Ramos steamrolled fucking everybody, basically. Well, until he just ran out of supplies, and was like, "Well, gotta go." Yeah, I, I think I remember hearing or like reading about a story um, where they met on the field of battle, right? Like they they had like their, their armored columns up and all that, and then they just didn't shoot each other. I went down. I don't know. There's a lot of stories in World War II, which is like, yeah, I could see that happening. It was such a war. <laughs> I, I think I remember also hearing something about the Germans like giving the the British an afternoon tea time. I don't know how fucking. <laughs> I don't know how accurate that would be. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, this like uh, this is uh about forty years in the future in uh you know the Falklands, but I think it was a uh, two para at the uh, Battle of Goose Green. We're having tea time while still actively under fire from the Argentinians. Oh, yeah, dude. The fucking Scots Guard, if I'm, if I'm correct, right? No, it was two para of the SAS. Was it? Oh. Yeah. Oh, well, that explains it, because the, the SAS are a bunch of fucking fiends, dude. They don't give oh, a yeah. fuck. Yeah, no. There's three groups of people I never, ever, ever want to fuck with. Let me SAS, can... uh, Polish well, Grom. FFL? FAL? The gun? No, no, FFL. French Foreign Legion. Oh yeah, those French guys are Foreign crazy. Legion. Yep, that th- those those three I would not fuck with. Actually, nope. Correction. There's a fourth one. Joint Task Force Ooh. Two from Canada. Oh yeah, those motherfuckers will take you in your sleep on Easter Sunday. Yeah. I, I believe that they still hold the record for the longest confirmed sniper kill too. They do. Yeah, it was like twenty three hundred meters. Same time, I wouldn't want to fucking come across. Uh, well, I don't know what they call them now, but Delta. Because you gotta think about it. I think they're still Delta. Hear. They're they're called multiple things. Like their their actual their actual official name isn't uh, Delta. It's just like a popular um like basically a popular like name that everyone still calls them that. Um, I think Chuck Norris had something to do with that one. Yeah, <laughs> that was a that was a great movie for the time. But I go back and watch it, and it's like well, like no, they used to be called Delta, but like nowadays they're called something entirely different. They're just people call them Delta out of habit. But yeah, like, you don't hear shit about what Delta does, ever. Like, the last time we actually, like, really heard about something from Delta was, um, Gazi incident, where two operators were fucking inserted there to help with the, uh, embassy. Imagine being such an elite fighting force that, like, you dropping two fucking people into, you know, into a hostile environment is, is making the news, right? I mean, the same thing happened in 1993, Mogadishu. Oh, yeah, that was a whole team, though. No, wasn't, wasn't it just uh, Mass so, Sergeant Gary Gordon, of, one other guy that, that was a sniper that team? Was, yeah, that was it was a sniper team, and those guys knew they were going to probably die. Yeah, no, whenever whenever I go home to go visit my mother, I always make sure that I stop into Lincoln, Maine to visit Master Sergeant Gordon's grave, because it's right there in town. Yeah. Because you just got to pay respects to a better warrior than any of us will ever be. Oh, yeah, 100%. Yeah, that that dude like it's when you when you talk about the term warrior, you gotta you gotta imagine like you know the Marine Corps like your infantry guys will say yes, I'm an, I'm I'm a, I'm a warrior. But like when you say it and then try to compare that, you know, you, when you assign that same word, you know, to some fucking random grunt from a random battalion to you know someone like uh, Master Gordon, they t- it takes on a whole new meaning. Oh yeah, because here's the thing, like. The average O three eleven, like all the other profession, is to kill the enemy. Um, that's not what they like. You know, they live and breathe. Like those Delta dudes, 
they dedicate their whole fucking lives to that art. It's the and... the, kind of, the the kind of people that can pinhole a fucking target with a with a you know like a, a sub quarter inch group from a hundred yards easy. Yeah, like before breakfast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they're to be fair though those those guys like the amount of fucking training they get and the amount of time they're given like to actually practice it as well. Like it's definitely disproportionate from. Uh, what O3 gets, because, like, like, they're not on the range all the time. They can't just go to the range whenever, you know? Can't go have all this, like, awesome training all the time, because most of the time in O311 is, uh, well, fucking probably in their barracks room or uh, in the field. Doing, doing dumb shit and inspiring Terminal Lance comics. Pretty much. I love Terminal Lance. I got on Terminal Lance once. Like, I was featured on his page. Nice. Yeah, I think I remember you telling me about that. Yeah, but, uh, we were... That that that's definitely gonna have to be a story for next time because uh, yeah, it it. Oh wait, are we out of time? Yeah, we we've been out of time for like ten minutes. <laughs> you know, I was actually the funny thing is, is I was just like thinking about it a couple minutes ago. Like we never actually like went into what Leprechaun did in the Marine Corps. Yeah, no, we not at all. It, so I guess we'll have to bring you. So I guess we'll have to bring him back for the uh, Marine Corps round table that we're eventually gonna have. <laughs> I'm down. Yeah. Like, so by the for... way, so are you done recording? No. Okay. Uh, I mean, you probably got to call this out, right? Well, we got to do the outro now that we actually have one. Oh, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we actually came up with an outro, and it was really good. Yeah, I mean, it's, yeah. Uh... Go find it. Okay, I got it. Um, the way that we're gonna do those round table things is uh, we're gonna do it by branch. Uh, before we start mixing and matching people, right? So, um, we'll do Marine Corps, Army, Navy, uh, Air Force, and if we can find enough people, we'll probably do Coast Guard too. Oh, I have. I, yeah. I found enough coasties. Oh, you did. Okay, how many coasties did you get? Four. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know a couple. You probably know the same ones. Probably, but yeah. Um, thank you for wasting your time listening to another hour inside the wire. So here's your end of episode brief. Don't drink and drive. Check on your battle buddies. Don't add to the population. Subtract from the population. Wind up in the hospital, the newspaper, or jail. And if you do end up in jail, please, for the love of God, establish dominance quickly. 